Let's give our attention tonight to the passage that we looked at this morning in John chapter 17, and you can go there with me. John chapter 17, and we looked at verses 24 through 26 this morning. And so let's go there now, and I'll read those verses once again. And uh, you follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version, which concludes Jesus' prayer here in John 17, these last three verses. Verse 24 of John 17, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So tonight, I want to focus on the thought from our passage we see especially in verse 26 when Jesus prays and says these words, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. That's, that's actually an important statement. And one of the things that we can conclude from that passage, and, and not only that passage, but many other in God's Word, is that God wants the love of His children, those who have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, God wants our love to grow. He wants it to keep growing. And there's actually going to be room this side of heaven for our love to keep growing. So Jesus prays that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. In them. In his disciples, in those who would become his disciples, that's you and me, if our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're numbered among the disciples now, disciples, followers of Jesus. So, so how does God intend for our love to grow? What does God intend to use in our lives to cause his love, which he has, God's word says, has poured into our hearts to grow so that the world will see more and more of his love in us? That's one of the purposes for which God pours His love into us and then causes it to grow as we walk with Christ. He wants the world to see His love growing in us. We talked about that last week here in John 17. But that's the purpose for our unity for which Jesus prayed. And uh, verse, back in verse 23, "...so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me." God wants the world to see, see clearly His love for His people. And it is seen as God's people learn to love one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. And then that growing love should express itself and show itself in an, in an overflow to those who need Christ as we share the gospel with them. So how does God intend to grow His love in us so that we're unified as a church? And we talked about the, the part of God's, uh, Jesus' prayer here in John 17 that points to the, his desire that his children be unified, the unity of the church, that we be one. 
How does God intend to grow His love in us so that we're unified as a church and growing more and more so that the world sees His love in us? And no matter what they say about us, they can't deny that, that our love is genuine because it's coming from the Lord, growing in us and overflowing to those around us. The answer is seen in verse 26. The answer we find there is that God intends to use knowledge of His love in our lives to grow our love. And this should be, this should be the overflow of, of what we gain from a knowledge of God's love for us. As we gain a knowledge of God's love for us, our love should be growing for all that God has done for us. And we sang about it tonight. This, the hymns we sing kind of echo that truth. Because of all that God has done for us, we have these praises. These praises should be on, on our lips. Well, also the love of God should be growing in us as we recount all that God has done for us. So a knowledge of His love for, our, for us in our lives grows our love. And that includes our love toward God It includes our love toward one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and it includes our love toward the world who needs Jesus. In fact, on that note, I would suggest that our love for God is of primary importance here. Our love for God. You might be thinking, I started with this question, how does God grow his love in us? But of primary importance here is our love for God. Our love for God. Because if we truly love God with all our heart, and you know the Scriptures teach us to love love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, then we will also love one another. In fact, God's Word says you can't say you love God and hate your brother. So notice what Jesus prays in verse 26. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. So here's a question. Can you properly love God if you do not know Him? Can you properly love God if you do not know Him? I believe we have to answer that with no. We cannot properly love God if we do not know Him. For one reason, look again at what Jesus says here in verse 26. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So the very fact that this is Jesus' desire for his followers, that the love with which the Father has loved him would be in them, or let's apply it to ourselves, in us, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, the very fact that this is Jesus' desire for his followers, that the love with which the Father has loved him be in them or in us, points to the necessity of knowledge of God before being able to love Him properly. 
And this knowing of God is found only through a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So first, you cannot love God unless you believe in His Son, whom He sent to save you from your sins. If you will put your trust in Him, Jesus died for sinners. Sinners need to repent and believe in Jesus to be saved. And that is where your love for God begins. But that is not where it ends. You need to keep growing in your love for God. That means you need to know God more fully and understand Him more fully. Now, He has given us His Word for that, thank God. He has entrusted His Word to, this, to us. So this knowing of, knowing of God is found only through, first, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's found through faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you have to know God through faith in Christ before you can truly truly begin to love Him and grow in your love for God. In fact, the point is made earlier when Jesus says in verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know You, I know You, and these know that You have sent Me. What do they know? They know something about God. They know that God sent the Son. And then they're going to see the disciples are going to witness the crucifixion of the Son. And we know from God's Word, Jesus gave His life for sinners on the cross and died and was buried, but rose from the dead on the third day. The disciples are going to witness this firsthand. And we have the privilege of having the story recounted to us, this this truth recounted to us in God's Word. And so, O righteous Father, praise Jesus, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. Talking about learning about who God is and understanding who he is. And then growing in our love for God. So there's a progression we're seeing here for all who know Jesus Christ. They have God revealed to them by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is making the Father known to all who have faith in Him. In fact, it's the same progression we hear Jesus speak of back in verses 6-8. through It's been a few weeks since we looked at those, but it's worth reading those again. So go back here in John 17. Look at verses 6-8 through with me. You can see a progression here of this knowledge of God and love for God I have, says Jesus in his prayer, verse 6, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, And have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So understand this. Jesus makes known God's name to those who have faith in him, and they are those whom the Father has given the Son. And they have, Jesus says, they have kept God's word, meaning they have believed and in some measure, they have obeyed, even though they, they are not obeying perfectly, just like we don't obey perfectly, but they have believed, they have come to know. And they know that everything is given to the Son from the Father. Why? 
Because the Son gives them the words the Father has given Him to give to them. That's knowledge of God we're seeing here. And those who believe, they're believing, they're receiving the words that were given to them. And then what happens next? They come to know the truth that Jesus has been sent by the Father and they have believed in Jesus. They have believed this truth. The world doesn't have that. The unbelieving world does not have that. But for those who believe, do you see that see all that precedes that belief? It's it's God doing a work. It's the Lord Jesus Christ carrying out the work of the Father. And then it leads to this knowledge of who God is, and more specifically, it's knowledge which the Father has given. It's not like we're going and digging it up for ourselves. God has been gracious to give us His Word so that we will know Him. And even before the Scriptures were completed, God was making Himself known. And He did it through the Lord Jesus Christ, even. As Jesus came in in flesh, God in flesh, a physical representation of God to humankind. So we need this knowledge, and we need this knowledge which the Father gives and the Son reveals. In fact, uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon wrote this. He said, we must know in order to believe. We must know in order to hope. And we must especially know in order to love. So we must know God, and we must have knowledge of God revealed in our hearts before we can really love Him. And yet, God does that ongoing work. Even after we come to faith in Christ, God continues to give us knowledge of who He is. As we read the Scriptures for ourselves, as we apply the Word to our lives, as we take steps of obedience, God continues to show Himself to us, to encourage our hearts, to strengthen our faith to strengthen and embolden our walk with Christ. The world does not know what that's about. But as believers in Jesus Christ, we can experience that because God is working in us with His Word by, the way, by way of the Spirit. The world does not know God, and we would be just like the world if God had not, by His Spirit, taken the things of God and made them known to our hearts taken the things of God from His Word and, and revealed them to our hearts. And we would not know God were it not for faith in Christ because we can only know the Father through faith in the Son. And God begins that work in us, drawing us to, our, to Himself, giving us the Word and speaking the truth of the Word into our lives through a a believer, another believer, we've, we've likely all come to Christ because we've heard other believers witness to us, point to the love of Christ. Jesus Christ himself declares this truth when he says back in John chapter 14, verses 6, six and 7, a passage that you are likely very familiar with. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Then he says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus Christ reveals God the Father and makes him known. Now just think about what this knowledge of God grows in you. When God's Spirit brings light to the eyes of your soul and you finally see His Son for who He is and you repent of your sin, He forgives your sins and He saves you and you have trusted in Christ alone for the saving of your soul. Then you begin to see clearly and you can see more and more as you walk with Christ the depths of God's love for you. Sometimes I think of it this way. This is a, a very human illustration and not like, not like how God does this work in us and, and shows us more and more of His love so that we become uh, more fully aware of His love for us. But I've told my parents this recently. I've said it to them several times. But I, I've, um, as we've gr- seen our children grow up and leave home, I've recognized more clearly and understood more fully my parents' love for me as I've watched my children grow up and leave home. Something I could not experience until that happened. I couldn't fully understand the love of my parents for me. So I've told my parents many times, I did not know how much you loved me until my own children started leaving home. Listen, when we love God, you're going to want to know Him more fully. That's going to drive you to His Word. I hope it drives you to His Word and not to YouTube. Although there's some good things to see on YouTube, there's some confusing things to find there too. Read God's Word if you want to know God. Find good Bible teachers who will point you back to the Word of God, like I'm trying to do. Point you back to the Word of God to find out who God is. And your love for God will grow. And as He grows His love in you, you will understand more and more fully how much He loves you. There's a cycle going on here. It's a necessary one, a good one. When Jesus makes the Father known, He does so in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our lives, as we take up the Word of God for ourselves and believe the truth that He has revealed to us about Himself. He does it in our hearts. Then we can see more and more fully who God is. And we don't need seeing eyes for seeing this truth. You can be poor-sighted and yet still see this as you turn to the Word and you begin to see more fully who God is and, and how much He loves you. This kind of knowledge of God grows us. It matures us as God's children. And that's one of the truths we hear from passages like Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16, where Paul is writing to the church about unity and how it's gained when he says, and God's Word says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself, itself up in love. How do we grow in love? 
back to the beginning of that passage, not without Christ, not without the head leading us, the head of the body, Christ, who holds us together and equips us And then as each part is, and this is why I point to this fairly often, that as individuals we are responsible to to pursue spiritual growth in our walk with Christ because as we each grow, the body of Christ is corporately strengthened together. That's by God's design. But that passage is about the kind of knowledge with which God grows His love in us. And grows us up, maturing us in, into Christ-like followers who, and, and, and putting us under the head who is Christ to lead us, to guide us, to show us the way. And that growing and maturing in Christ as He reveals God to us inwardly causes us to show love outwardly. As God grows His love in us, it should overflow into our relationships amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church and then amongst unbelievers as we have opportunity to share with them the love of Christ and tell them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This knowledge is also, and this should be obvious, this knowledge is also connected to God's Word. Again, I've said it, I'll say it again, you can't can't truly know God if you're not in the Word of God, the, the truths that He has given us. Feeding on His Word. We must read the Scriptures. We must love God's Word. And we must seek the knowledge of God which is revealed to us in His Word. In fact, I believe that the more you get into the Word, the more you will hunger and thirst for it. God will grow a desire in your heart for more of the Word. And when you miss it, you feel it. You recognize, I I was not in God's Word today. I need to be in the Word. I need the Word in me. And God is all about showing into our hearts more about His love as we walk by faith in His Son and take up the Word of truth and hide it in our hearts. He will guide our lives and strengthen our love and grow our faith. Now, in addition to reading the Bible ourselves, this knowledge from God's Word can also be gained by listening to preaching, putting yourself under the preaching of God's Word. There's value in that, but it can't all be gained by listening to preaching. You need to be in the Word yourself. You need to be pursuing the the truth of God's Word because you realize this is God speaking to you. And you need to apply it to your own life. We must be willing to put ourselves under the teaching of God's Word in His church. Absolutely, yes. But we must make God's Word a daily part of our lives because you don't have the privilege of me following you around all day long preaching to you. And even if I could do that, that's not what you need. You need the Word of God dwelling in you richly. You need the Spirit taking the Word that you're putting into your soul, teaching you, reminding you, uh, I said it earlier tonight, so that you can preach to yourself the Word of truth, correcting your own thinking as you catch yourself thinking thoughts that are not biblical thoughts, that are not God-honoring thoughts, or that are contrary to the Word of truth. You can say, stop it, self. That's not what the Bible says. So God desires that we make His Word our own, So we must put ourselves 
into His Word and under His Word, submitting ourselves to the truth of His Word, being under the Word of God is putting His Word before our eyes, our eyes becoming ears. We see God's Word, we, we take in God's Word, and we hear it with our eyes. And we hear it, and when we hear it, we hear Him. I'll say that that uh, humorous little statement if, uh, that, I've, that I've echoed and repeated because uh, I heard somebody else say it years ago and I thought it was clever, but it's true. You want to hear God speak, read His Word. You want to hear Him speak out loud, read it out loud. <laughs> God's Word is good. It is living and active. A supernatural book like no other book. This is God speaking to us. We hear it. When we hear God's Word, we hear Him. When we, when we find things about God, we're finding the truths that He put there for us so that we could know about Him and know who He is and, and what He thinks. Understanding the nature of God, the heart of God, the plans of God, the desires of God. And through that knowledge of Him, He begins to deepen His love growing in us our love for Him and our love for those around us and our love for those who need Christ. Now there's a glimpse of this in 1 John. So let's go there together for a moment. 1 John chapter 4. There's a glimpse of this in a passage I want you, I want you to see here. And you're turning there because it's a longer passage. Verses 7 through 16. And you should see this. God is all about growing and maturing the love of his children, and he does it with his own love for us. First John chapter 4, look at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, says verse 13, by this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God 
is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So I'll say it again. God is all about growing us in love, growing our love for him, growing our love for one another, and and our love for the lost so that we might share the gospel with them. But it's all rooted in our knowledge of who God is and our growing love for God. God is about maturing His love in us so that we become more like His Son. And He's about growing His love in us for the sake of our unity as believers together, serving side by side for the sake of the gospel. And God is about growing His love in us for the sake of our witness to the world. The watching world should see our love and realize it is a genuine love. And God is about growing His love in us for the sake of our knowledge of Him and joy in Him as we live in this world. So let me encourage you to be a believer who thanks God often for His love toward you expressed clearly in Jesus Christ. And ask God to grow His love in you. And ask God to grow your desire to know Him more and understand fully more and more His love for you so that His love will keep growing in you. So that you will keep becoming this side of heaven more and more the person that God wants you to be as His child. We need His help for that, don't we? We have it, praise God. And as I said this morning, we are not without help. We have help. God gave us His Spirit. He gave us His Word. And He's given us the privilege of being a part of the church where we have our brothers and sisters in Christ to challenge and encourage and pray for us. May we do that.